we don't use this term a lot anymore, but it's called stepping out on faith. How many of you ever had to step out on faith? Have you ever had to move and just trust God and go somewhere and trust God? Has God ever sent you somewhere where you didn't know anybody? Maybe here. Has God ever sent you somewhere where you didn't know anybody and you have no idea how the story was going to play out? But now as you walk this journey, you see he had treasures for you. He had blessings for you. He had relationships for you. He had anointings for you that you could have never imagined. Imagine when God said, step out on faith. Verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, is in Isaac your seed shall be called, including, or concluding rather, that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. So Abraham was willing to kill his son because God told him to. And he still believed God would raise him from the dead. Now, there's a lot of faith in that. God's gonna, I'm going to kill him, and God's going to raise him from the dead because God can't lie. And he said, this boy was my seed. That was the faith of Abraham. Has God ever asked you to do the ridiculous, to produce the miraculous? Sometimes God asks you to do the ridiculous, to produce the miraculous. Um, I have a, a quick story I'll tell you about that. Uh, our church had grown. We were in several services. We could only seat probably a little over 200 people in that little church. And we couldn't add another service to it. We were already full. We couldn't get anybody else in there. And so there was a church down the street that had a big split and they were dying. And it was a Nazarene church. And it was a huge church, seated about 1,200 people. And I thought, okay, Lord, that's the one I want. And I felt like the Lord said, I want you to go march around that church and pray. So I had this faith walk thing, right? So I went down to the Church of the Nazarene, Webster Groves, Missouri, and I started walking around that church. And I walked around it the first day. I'd go there early in the morning because I didn't want anybody to arrest me. I was a, a pastor about a mile and a half away from there. And so I walked around that church, and the second day, I was doing my Wall of Jericho thing, right? The second day, I marched around that church like a crazy man. I'm out there. I got me a hiking stick, and I'm pleading the blood of Jesus, and I'm speaking in tongues at a Nazarene church, which you know that wasn't going over too well. And so I am praying in tongues. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. And I'm walking around there early in the morning. Third day, I walk around it three times. Fourth day, I walk around four times. I get to the seventh day, and I walk around it seven times. I'm doing my Pentecostal jig, and I'm doing all these things, trusting God, because I knew the Lord told me to do it, right? I'm going to send you where you don't know you're going. I'm not going to tell you the end of the story. And sometimes I'm going to ask you to do the ridiculous to get the miraculous. It doesn't have to make sense, but I'm going to ask you to do it anyway just to see if you'll do it. And so I walked around that church seven days, and I thought, okay, it's time. So I invited that pastor. About a month later, I got the nerve, and I invited the pastor out to eat. And I had to get my speech together. And my speech was I wanted to trade churches with him because we were right there close to each other. Why don't you come and take my building, and I'll come and take your building and pay you the difference, and, and we can all keep building the kingdom. So when I took him out to eat that day, he said to me, well, you know, Brian, he, he said, if you would have come to me a month ago, I would have probably jumped on that. 
because things were so dire. But he said, we can't explain it. We don't know what happened, but revival broke out about three or four weeks ago in our church. He said, we got people getting saved. We got people coming to our church. Our money has gone back up. We think there's hope. We're going to stay right here. We don't know why God has plans. And I'm thinking, God, you did a dirty trick on me. You sent me to pray in another man's miracle. You're asking me for the ridiculous to get the miraculous, God. And I checked this morning. I Googled it to make sure that church was still there it's still the church of the Nazarene and they're still growing and the pastor that I talked to is now the associate pastor and they got a red-headed boy and girl pastor in that church now so I know that's God so so and 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 it was just amazing. That's a, a redhead joke if you don't know that. But uh, I, I, it was amazing that God sent me to do something that didn't benefit me as a test. You mean, God, you would ask me to do something that I didn't receive an immediate benefit from because you're asking me to do the ridiculous so I can get the miraculous. Has God ever asked you to do the ridiculous has God ever asked you to do something so strange and so weird that no one would have believed it and you didn't really want to tell anybody? I know people that stake down crosses all over cities. I know people that, uh, Dorothy Spaulding, who comes to a lot of Perry's Conference, her and her husband walked across the nation carrying a cross together. They walked across the whole nation carrying a cross because it took them years to do it because the Lord told them to do it. Sometimes God asks you to do the ridiculous, to get the miraculous, and you have to be willing. I'll tell you a good example of that's ISO. You know, if, if you would have seen ISO in the beginning, and many of you did, you just didn't know what you were looking at. Neither did I. I'm looking at a laptop, and Perry brought me over, and we walked through his warehouse there, Charlie, and he's grabbing books. He handed me a box. Oh, that'll, that'll preach. That'll preach. That'll, he's, he's dragging all of his DVDs, and I walk out there with a box. I couldn't carry them, so I got one of Faiso suitcases, and I started pulling that box of books around in a suitcase with my laptop, and I'm thinking, we're going to build a school. I mean, it was, the, it was the most ridiculous thing you have ever seen. I sit down. Dr. Lauer is still alive, and I went over there to his building, and Perry had just bought his building. And I, I, I cleared out a room back there, uh, and, and I sit in that room, and I opened that big suitcase full of Perry's books, and I stared at that, and I'm thinking, Lord, I just left a mega church. God, I just, I just walked off from my life's work. I mean, I mean, thousands of people, and all the, and you have told me to do something that is so ridiculous. I, you know, you want to talk about being called, being talked about. Ooh, did we get it or not? I mean, we were on the grapevine for months. Brian Cutshaw has lost his mind. He's running from God. He's disappeared. He's, you know, committed sin, whatever they could think of to make to rationalize why I would walk away from a mega church and sit in an empty office with a suitcase full of books and a laptop and claim I'm building a school. But can I tell you, that's the short story of this story. But the story is now that ISO has 8,600 students in seven 
76 countries around the world, and we just launched ISO Espanol a few weeks ago, and now we've got another school entirely in Spanish. To God be the glory. We have another school in Pakistan that is teaching ISO curriculum in the Urdu language, and God is building what he said because God says sometimes I want you to do the ridiculous, but if you will, I'll give you the miraculous. It will open up the windows of heaven and I'll pour out blessings that you can't even contain. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. Don't limit God. Pray big prayers. Speak life, not death. Quit just speaking things that you can see. Start claiming those things that are from another world in your life. See with the eyes of the Spirit. I'm going to end with this one, verse 32. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah. And David, I mean, can you imagine this is the lineup David got in? He didn't get in the other lineup with Noah and Abraham or those guys. He just kind of gets an honorable mention here. King David. And David and Samuel and the prophets. They don't even get their names in here. And the prophets. That's Isaiah. That's Ezekiel. That's Daniel. Who through faith subdued kingdoms and worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness. They were made strong. They became valiant in battle and turned to flight the armies of aliens. All of these having obtained a good testimony through faith, they did not even receive the promise. Now what does that mean? Do you mean their prayers weren't answered? Oh no, the promise is the promise. They did this looking unto Jesus and they never saw Jesus. David prophesied about him. Isaiah said he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God and Everlasting Father, but he never got to meet him. Ezekiel said that one of these days he will come back and build a temple during the millennial reign, but he did not get to meet him. Daniel said, I can tell you the year he's gonna die on the cross, but he never got to meet him. I can tell you the year Micah said he's gonna be born in Bethlehem, but he never got to meet him. Malachi said the son of righteousness will come with healing in his wings, but he never got to meet him. David sang songs about him. Samuel poured oil because of him. All of them died in the faith, not having received the promise. Now think about the people's names I just read to you. They, they, never, they did all of this without the story of the cross. They did all of this without the story of the resurrection. They did 
all of this without the gospel of the Old and New Testament. They did all of that without the promise of a rapture. They never attended a life group. They never heard a gospel choir sing. They never attended a revival service. They never went to a youth conference. They never went to a Christian college or to a ramp conference or to a warrior fest or to a winter fest or to a youth camp. They never even went to a church. They never had a pastor. They never read a Bible. They never read, they never heard Christian radio. They never watched Christian TV. They never subscribed to Christian YouTube. They never heard a podcast. They never got filled with the Holy Ghost. They never got in a prayer line. They never even read a Christian book. Yet, they lived in the faith and they talked in the faith and they walked in the faith and they died in the faith and yet we have all of that. We have been given everything I just listed. You have every single bit of that. How much more should we be able to reach out and hang on to God's word? How much more should we be able to walk by faith and not by sight because God has given us so much to build our faith in our lifetime. Hallelujah. Shortly after Pastor Bill Johnson's wife, Benny, died, the pastor at Bethel Church in California, he preached a sermon that has become quite famous. A lot of people have listened to that sermon. I've listened to it more than once. Literally only a few days after his sermon, and everyone was, was anxious to hear what this great man of faith would say when his wife died from a battle of cancer, and he had had so many miracles in his ministry. And as Bill Johnson stood upon the pulpit, the first words out of his mouth was jaw-dropping. Before he said anything else, this is what he said. The backslidden in heart will always judge God by what he didn't do, but the just will live by faith. Wow, he didn't have to say anything else after that. The backslidden of heart will always judge God by what he didn't do, but it's the just that live by faith. We used to sing a song when I was growing up as a kid, and I'm not going to sing it, but I will quote it. I care not today what tomorrow may bring. If shadow or sunshine or rain, the Lord I know ruleth or everything, and all of my worry is vain. Because I'm living by faith in Jesus above. I'm trusting, confiding in his great love. From all harm safe in his sheltering arm, I'm living by faith and I feel no alarm. That is a proclamation we need to return to. That I don't understand all the things happening and I don't understand why some of my prayers take longer, but I trust God and I'm still living by faith. I'm putting my trust in him, my love in him for those things I can't explain. I refuse to doubt a God who's loved me. I refuse to doubt a God who gave his life for me. I refuse to doubt a God who's building a home for me in heaven. I refuse to doubt a God who's given me grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. I'm living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in his great love from all harm safe 
in his sheltering arms. I'm living by faith and I feel no alarm. In this age where knowledge has increased, one of the greatest challenges facing this younger generation is the ability to live by faith. So many translations of the Bible, the people are confused now which one is the real one. So many scholars in religious institutions where students had to defend their own faith in a classroom in a Christian school. So much liberal theology that has been preached from our pulpits and written in books around the world. People are confused about the Bible and they're confused about the, the existence of God. But I have to end my sermon by telling you this. I don't care how many critics and how many scholars and how many translations. I don't care what, how many preachers have stopped preaching and which popular preacher no longer believes in the rapture. That makes him unpopular to me if he stopped believing. the. I don't care how many podcasts and how many YouTube stations have declared their voice against the church and the rapture. And I don't care how many celebrities are hanging on the fence just telling Telling them one way they're saved and living another way and confusing people with their lifestyles. I don't care how many of those feel that way. You can call me old-fashioned. You can call me outdated. You can call me out of touch if you want to accuse me. But I'm telling you tonight, I still believe. I still believe that Jesus is the answer. I still believe the word of God is true. I still believe that Jesus is coming back like he said. I still believe that angels walk among us. I still believe that we have power over demons and darkness. I still believe that God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I still believe fasting works. I still believe tithing works. I still believe prayer works. I still believe the Bible works. I still believe a Jericho march works. I believe in prayer. I still believe believe that worship brings the glory. I still believe that tithing will bless your life. I still believe that the blood of Jesus can heal your body. I still believe that captives are set free from addiction because of the name and authority of Jesus. I still believe that this is the good life. This is the better life. This is the abundant life. I still believe that heaven is my home and one day I will go there. I still believe that the gifts of the Spirit are real and they are working in the body of Christ. I still believe in the truth of Bible prophecy. I still believe in the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. I still believe that God can make a way where there is no way. I still believe that you entertain angels unaware. I still believe what Job said, that if you declare a thing, God can establish it. I still believe that even when they cast you down, the Lord says you turn around and say exaltation will come. I believe that whatever enemy has come against you, you can speak life into that situation and turn it around. I still believe God is a rescuer. I still believe God is a surgeon. I still believe God is a jailbreaker. I still believe God is a lock picker. I still believe God is a baker. I still believe God is the answer.
answer to this world's problems all around us. Believe what you want. Seek your head in the sand. But I still believe in the old rugged cross. And I still believe in the resurrected power of Jesus. And I still believe that heaven is my eternal home. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've got to speak life into it. The weak have to start saying, I am strong. The poor have to start saying, I am rich. The weak have to start saying, I'm winning this battle. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, we get our marching orders from another world. We get our marching orders from a higher calling. We have to believe in what God said and what God did and what God is getting ready to do in your world. Just like the code talkers, it confuses the enemy. And when you start speaking faith, it will confuse the people around you and it will confuse your enemy. But I declare tonight, faith still works. Faith still works. Faith still works. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.